This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Right, welcome in. It's UAP time. Welcome back. Stephen Diener here on UAP and so happy to be here with you on another episode. It's been a couple weeks, so it felt like it was time to come back with episode 65 to be exact. Unbelievable that we've gotten this far and it's all thanks to you. If we weren't listening, I would just stop doing this, but I appreciate all of you that encourage me to keep to uh, to keep going with all this because it's, well, it's because of you that I do. So as we start to explore a subject that I've actually been eagerly anticipating to cover for a while now and tell you about what we're doing here today and also in the next episode. So what do I mean by that? Because what's happening or has happened in some of the most secret locations and bases within the United States remains a mystery. I mean, that's why there's secret locations, right? So I always have all these questions about it and I actually had so many questions about that question meaning what's going on in these secret locations and bases, that this inadvertently ended up turning into a two-part series. So that's what I mean by future episodes. This is a two-part series. This is part one of Top Secret. And I realized that as I was kind of putting this together, that it was, I mean, really, it was, it was a lot of information for one episode. I, I It's true. I was just sitting there. I was putting it all in. And I realized, I'm like, you know what? This is a lot. After I got to like page 10, I was like, I think I should probably split this up. So I thought it might be better to do that and kind of split up the information for you and make two episodes out of uh, all the research and information that I've come across here, research I did and information that I've come across to share with you about these uh, secret locations in these in this top secret series. Now that said, this may be a shorter episode for part one, although you would... I guess you would already know how long it is since you're listening to the completed version right now. As I'm recording, I don't know how long it'll be. So I guess if it is shorter than usual, just don't hate me and know that there is a part two coming. Okay. But before we get into all that, I just real quick, I want to give uh, like a- acknowledgement, I guess I should say, to everyone who reached out to me um, after the previous episode where we discussed RH negative blood. You know who you are and your feedback was overwhelming if I'm being honest it really meant a lot to me um, to see how it personally affected some of you and even gave you some of you affirmation so you know your own personal situations so it's it did it meant a lot uh, to know that the work I put into it meant something to you um, even more than just being interested in it actually meant something to your to your life so that was uh that was great to see so thank you for that it was also very fascinating. To hear your, you know, just those those personal connections. It was just fascinating to hear how you connected to the episode with your own personal stories. Um, and to also to some of the things that I just covered in that episode and everything involved with it. So thank you. <laughs> Again, you know who you are. And, and 
Uh, thank you for reaching out to let me know that it had a positive impact on you. Hopefully, this has a positive impact, although this this doesn't really cover uh, the same type of feel that the Arch Naked Blood episode, at least I don't think. This goes more into the realm of what the heck is going on, which you will find out what I'm talking about here. But we'll get into it after our fun little factoid before we hit our first uh, story here. I'm not going to lie. I am a little concerned about this with uh, the factoid I'm about to tell you. Factoid. Yes, I brought back the factoid sound there. Hopefully hopefully you like it. Um, here's the thing. I would put this under the uh, the file of why would you do this? Let's pull out the why would you do this file and put this right in there because scientists went exploring in a cave in Siberia. And while they were in there, they discovered a virus within the permafrost that was surrounding the cave. They estimated it to be around 48,000 years old. So yes, scientists actually did find a 48,000-year-old virus. They ended up calling it the zombie virus because, well, they brought it back to life. And it was 48,000 years old. So what did they decide to do? With this dormant ancient virus, yeah, they brought it back. Of course, why wouldn't they, right? Why, why wouldn't you just leave a, an ancient virus frozen in the ice, probably where it belongs? But no, scientists had to bring it back. And just as they did that a couple of weeks ago, actually, in order to test their new slash old virus, they decided to inject it into different amoebas, which, of course, what ended up happening? They showed signs of infection. Now, according to the scientists, though, before we get all alarmed here, there is no immediate threat to humans or animals, so they say. But, like I said, they did call this discovery the zombie virus, as it's kind of now being dubbed. They called it concerning. So, my advice, it's kind of advice and a question at the same time, if anybody wants it. Number one, the question, why are you even getting into this? If you're calling it concerning... It's like it's like you're you're loading a gun and pointing it at somebody and saying, "Well, this is concerning." Well, yeah, you're pointing a loaded gun at somebody. <laughs> you found an ancient virus and brought it back to life. I would say that's concerning. So, if anybody wants my advice, I would say just leave this stuff alone. Goodness gracious, why do you feel the need to do this? But anyway, let's go ahead and jump into it here uh, as we begin with part one of Top Secret, this two-part series. And it's, it's covering these supposed top secret locations and projects. What is happening in a small seaside town in Long Island, New York called Montauk? That's where we are going to start today on this episode. Quite frankly, a lot is happening in Montauk. And I know what you're thinking, but it is way more than that strange creature that washed ashore back in 2008. Do you remember that one that became known as the Montauk Mos- uh, Monster? If you don't remember, I'll tweet out the picture on uh, the UAP Twitter at UAPodcast850. If uh, you're not on there already, you can see that at UAPodcast850. You can interact with me and see some of the stuff, the updates and everything, or this picture of the Montauk monster that I'll put up just to remind you what it looked like. But it's it's kind of hard to explain. It really just kind of looked like a monster, and nobody knew what it was. And there's still kind of you know mystery of whether or not it was even a hoax, but you know up to you to decide, right? In fact, though, it is just one of a few secret military installations that we're going to go over in this two-part series. It did not start that way. In fact, on the edge of Montauk, 
It's at a World War II era fort known as Fort Hero. So this, you know, Montauk wasn't always home to a top secret, you know, experimental base, so to speak. It later became known as Camp Hero, and it was used during the war, World War II, to defend from any possible Nazi invasion because it held a very important strategic location. I mean, it's on the tip there of Long Island. So if any of the German U-boats were coming in, then uh, the the American forces would be able to see that and deter a Nazi invasion or a Nazi attack on the United States. But once the war was over, they began to, you know, kind of wade through the waters of the Cold War, right? The the World War II ends, we get into the Korean War, and then the Cold War kind of starts to pick up with, well, you know the whole history. But it said that the location at that point turned into something more sinister. And why? Because we were in a Cold War with the Soviet Union. We were trying to, you know, outdo each other with technology and the space race and just about everything else. And it is said that some of the experiments that were being done to outdo the Soviet Union at that time were taking place right there on Montauk. And this is where things kind of start to take a turn for the uh, decide for yourself category, because according to a man named Preston Nichols, he saw firsthand what type of work was being done at Camp Hero. And as it shifted from defense of the homeland to concentrating on something that became known as Project Montauk. Project Montauk, the infamous conspiracy theory that might have inspired Netflix's Stranger Things, a show about a secret government lab using psychic children to reach out to a different dimension. Only, if whistleblowers are to be believed, traveling to other dimensions is only the beginning of what the United States government has successfully accomplished deep underground in New York State. Yeah, we're just beginning there when it comes to Project Montauk. This really does kind of go very deep, so hang on here because you're going to have to... Uh, Kind of hear this one with an open mind and then decide whether whether or not some, most of it, or none of it is true at the end. Again, it's always up to you. Um, but you heard it there. You know, you may have heard before, even before this episode, that Project Montauk was the supposed inspiration for the Duffer Brothers, the creators of Stranger Things, that it was their inspiration for Stranger Things. Of course, I mean, if you haven't seen or if you're not familiar with it, Stranger Things is a hugely popular Netflix show. I mean, it takes over the world whenever a new season comes out. And, I mean, I, I'm a big fan. I love that show. But it's said that that's where they got the idea from. It's kind of loosely based off of that when it came to, you know, the experiments that were being done on kids. And they kind of, you know, were inspired from some of the stories from Project Montauk that you're going to hear about here today eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is brought to you by Auto Trader. Credit scores, down payments, interest rates. Car buying can be a numbers game, but you don't have to be a math expert to get the keys to your dream car. Just use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on Auto Trader. 
you can crunch the numbers so you know exactly how much you'll pay each month for your car. So leave the calculator at home. Visit autotrader.com to learn more. Night racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. Believe it or not, though, that man that I mentioned earlier, Preston Nichols, he says that he was actually one of the children that they experimented on. So I guess you could call him, you know, uh, the 11 character, right? And if any of these accounts he gives are true, then my opinion, it's even crazier than anything even the Duffer brothers could have come up with on Stranger Things. Discovered to be psychically sensitive, Preston Nichols and Stuart Sirdlow were both abducted by the government agents and brought to Camp Hero. Entering through one of the old gunnery doors, they took an elevator down to the bottommost levels of a secret underground research lab. There, the young boys were introduced to others like them, but there'd be no time for socializing. The experiments conducted deep underground varied, but all were pushing the very cutting edge of science, and often even beyond that. Yeah, so, <laughs> I know. Um, now, remember something, though, as you consider this whole thing, okay? As far as that part of the story is concerned, it is a known fact that the U.S. military and the CIA actively engaged in trying to perfect things such as psychic abilities and remote viewing. I mean, we've talked about them before in even previous episodes. It said that the Russians were trying to do the same, okay? This, these are all kind of facts that have come out over the, uh, over the years, we know what the Russians were trying to do. We know what we were trying to do. Some of this stuff isn't secret anymore. And like I said, we've spoken about the remote viewing portion in detail. I mean, in, in real detail in past episodes, we've covered, you know, some men who said that that was their job when they were in the military. I mean, it was documented that they were remote viewers. So this type of stuff has even been detailed in movies like, you know, the men who stare at goats. It, I mean, you saw George Clooney. It was a big movie. And even declassified documents that we're talking about experiments done during MKUltra. Of course, you know, the infamous CIA experiments that, uh, where they were doing experiments on children and for mind control and psychic abilities and all that. So that part of the story may not be the hardest thing in the world to believe, to be honest with you, but maybe this is a point where you might have some pause because guess what Project Montauk allegedly connects to? None other than the Philadelphia Experiment itself. That's right, the good old Philadelphia Experiment. Personally, one of my favorite episodes that I have ever produced and done for you here on UAP, the Unidentified Alien Podcast. I've always found that story to be extremely fascinating. Whether or not it's plausible is you know up for interpretation, but just the story itself I've always enjoyed hearing and talking about. And of course, Project Montauk connects to it, but... Here's the other thing. It takes it just a bit more than one step further when you hear how this all develops here. And just a warning, this is kind of a longer clip, but you'll see why at the end. This is a, it's a lot of information, but here you go. In the early 1940s, the United States had successfully teleported an entire warship in the incident which would come to be known as the Philadelphia Experiment. Under the quiet grounds of Camp Hero, though, the U.S. sought to perfect this technology. 
Teleportation experiments began small, with items such as apples or pencils being moved a few feet. The installation of a nuclear-powered generator allowed much greater energy to be dumped into the teleportation experiments. Until a stunning breakthrough. Researchers were able to teleport a test subject outside of the Earth itself. The subject was swiftly returned but had already suffered exposure to deep space and died shortly after. Over the years, however, the technology would be refined to the point of allowing Project Montauk scientists to teleport individuals all the way to Mars. In fact, it's believed that in 2012 President Obama himself was teleported to Mars to meet with an alien delegation there running a cooperative research base staffed by both Americans and alien scientists. Okay, so <laughs> there you go. Um, a lot to unpack there, obviously, so let's start from the beginning. Oh, and shout out to uh, the Infographics channel on YouTube. They're, they're the ones who had those clips that I was using today, so good stuff by them. But first of all, the connection to the Philadelphia experiment, you know, saying that that was the first time they had successfully used teleportation or even time travel in some cases in that story. If you aren't familiar with the Philadelphia experiments, you can go back. I think it was episode 60 or 61. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but I think it was 60 where we covered that in, in uh, great detail. Um, you talk about Obama on Mars. Let's go to that real quick. Seeing that he met with a delegation in 2012. And this is, they're saying, again, Project Montauk, okay, is, is the theory that the base there, Camp Hero, was turned into essentially this top-secret location where mind experiments and, you know, uh, remote viewing experiments all the psychic ability experiments were all being done on this base, on this, uh, you know, at, at, at this camp. And on top of that, they were also working on teleportation experiments, how to teleport somebody from one end to the other, you know, wherever. They also were working on time travel, which I'm going to get to in a second. But, the, I mean, that's, that's a wild theory. This is what was brought to us. From Preston Nichols. I mean, he's talked about this before. The man I spoke about earlier who says, you know, as a child, he was used for experiments. And then I guess, you know, through uh, regression hypnotherapy, came everything came back to him. And then he says that he actually worked at Camp Hero or, you know, for Project Montauk. And he was there and he saw some of these things happening later on. So it's just, it's a wild, fascinating claim from Preston Nichols and anybody who theorizes what Montauk was all about, that this is what's going on there. Is it really a top secret location where stuff like this is happening? I don't know. But you look at a, a possible connection here, okay, to what they're talking about. Let me again go back real quick to Barack Obama going to Mars in 2012 to work with an alien delegation. Now, as insane as that sounds, and I, I get it, I get it. When you say it, when you hear it, it sounds crazy. But I'm going to actually connect this to something else that we spoke about in, yes, you guessed it, a previous episode. Andrew Basiago. If you don't remember the name or if you don't know the name, you can just go back to that episode. I think it was somewhere like episode 19 or 20 um, about Andrew Basiago, who is a reported time traveler and was used in government experiments as a child, again, you have that connection there as well about, you know, uh, kind of using children, impressionable children. You know, you're young, you can be molded into, you know, whatever they want to mold you into. And he says he was used in these experimental trials and was sent to Mars and was on Mars with Barack Obama as a child. That Barack Obama was part of 
these, you know, time travel teleportation experiments as a child, along with Andrew Basiago, which is what Andrew Basiago claims. And again, we that's, you know, a whole story that we go into in, into that episode. Again, I think it was like 19 or something like that. If you want to go back and check it out wherever you find your podcasts on any streaming network that you, you know, listen to right now. But I just found that kind of odd that Andrew Basiago, I'm not saying that it's, you know, whether or not I believe this, what I'm saying is that I just found it kind of odd that that connection is there, that Andrew Basiago did talk about that there was this program, this secret government program that was sending, you know, soldiers and and children to Mars to basically learn about, you know, how to live there and how to sustain there and how to, um, I guess, coexist with other alien civilizations. So, and for him to say that he was there with Obama and then to hear that Project Montauk used their teleportation uh, devices, technology, whatever you want to call it, to send him to Mars as president, I just thought that was kind of odd. Now, how about this man in space floating around? That sounded awful. I mean, (laughs) talk about trial and error. Hopefully that part isn't true. My gosh. And then just teleportation as a whole. I mean, again, you're talking about Project Montauk, the idea of this, of this kind of being the main hub where they were developing these things. So, I mean, if some of this stuff is true, I would even say that, yeah, Project Montauk may actually be stranger than Stranger Things itself, where, again, you know, Duffer Brothers got their inspiration from Project Montauk for that show. But it doesn't end there. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the deal. It go down. It go down in the deal. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Because it is also said that Montauk became the home of the U.S. military perfecting time travel. Like I said, I was going to get to that. According to Preston Nichols, he says that greys and reptilians, we know about those, we've talked about those a lot, two different alien species. He says they both worked at the secret base at Project for Project Montauk there on, on Camp Hero. And he says that they helped U.S. soldiers to reverse engineer the tech to use for themselves, and it was done back in the 80s. Now, you talk about, you know, reverse engineering. Of course, the first thing I think about is Bob Lazar. I mean, how many times have we heard about his claims of reverse engineering on Area 51 from alien technology, whether it was from Roswell or other crashes that we may or may not have even heard about throughout time? And he says that there's aliens working there at Camp Hero for Project Montauk with the U.S. soldiers to help develop things like teleportation and time travel because, of course, where else would we get that type of technology, right? It has to come from somewhere, and he says it came from extraterrestrials. Now, to me, I also can't help but to think of Philip Schneider, 
Now, who is Philip Schneider? That goes way back. If you're just getting into uh, the UAP podcast now, you can go back and listen to, I think it was episode four. I should probably have these in front of me at some point so I can give you the accurate number. But I think it was around episode four where we talked about the Dulce base, okay? And I believe that was actually the name of the episode. But Philip Schneider was a guy who says that he was a government contractor and was hired to work at the Dulce base, which was supposedly the supposed top secret base was in New Mexico. And he was hired to help clear out underground to be able to build uh, these structures, the secret base underground that could house gray aliens and other species of, of extraterrestrials and U.S. soldiers to work together cooperatively to develop future tech using alien technology. Does this sound familiar? So basically, what Philip Schneider claimed, and this was back in the 90s where he publicly came out and said this was being done in the 80s at the Dulce base, which actually does, oddly enough, match the timeline of what uh, Preston Nichols is talking about where you have this reverse engineering aliens working for Project Montauk back in the 80s, and Philip Schneider for Dulce base in his disclosure in the 90s saying that this was happening in the 80s in a separate location. So you have Long Island, okay, for Project Montauk, and you have New Mexico for the Dulce base, and you have two different guys claiming essentially the same thing. And I don't know if there's any history between Preston Nichols and Philip Schneider. What I do know is that you have two different people in two different areas of the country claiming Essentially the same thing that U.S. soldiers are working with extraterrestrials to, to develop future tech and reverse engineer the alien technology. Philip Schneider's claim was that in the Dulce base they were doing this, but the aliens were very hostile. I also found that interesting because Preston Nichols, going back to Project Montauk, he said that while he was working at the base, that the gray aliens didn't like the humans. They basically were just like, they didn't want to interact with them. Yeah, I guess he said the reptilians were maybe a little bit nicer, which is odd because everything I've heard about reptilians is that they are not very uh, benevolent creatures. But according to Preston Nichols, apparently they were easier to work with than uh, the Greys. But that's why I found this to be intriguing because just with the connection with Dulce Base and Project Montauk to have those similar stories and with Philip Schneider talking about, I don't want to give too much away if you want to go listen to the episode, but... If you haven't heard it before, um, things didn't go well <laughs> for Philip Schneider while he was down at the Dulce base. So if, if you want to go listen to that, then by all means, again, I think I said it was like episode four talking about the Dulce base. But they did have similar stories. And it's just, I don't know. You know, when I find those connections, when I find those similarities, it is kind of hard to uh, to just, you know, completely outrule it. Just because you have two different people talking about kind of the same thing in separate locations. And then when it comes to time travel, I mean, again, you make that connection with Andrew Basiago, the guy who claimed that he was a time traveler in a secret government program. So you have these different claims, whether it's from Andrew Basiago, whether, you know, in, in a different time period, whether it's from Philip Schneider back in the 80s and the 90s, or whether it's Preston Nichols in, you know, the talking about what was done at Project Montauk throughout the 50s, 60s, and 70s, and then through the 80s, and then who else knows <laughs> what happens after that when it comes to Project Montauk. But now today, Camp Hero is uh, actually an area that is a protected state park. But who can say what really took place there 
decades ago. As always, I will leave that up to you to decide. But again, not to sound like a broken record, I just I find some of those similarities and connections to the other stories from the other people who completely independent from each other have kind of come together to really sound similar. I mean, we've gone over them. Isn't it kind of strange, if nothing else? No pun intended with strange. Talked about Stranger Things earlier, but if, if nothing else, it, it's just kind of weird that they, they do the details match. I don't know. Again, up to you. There is much more to come, though, on part two. Hopefully this wasn't too short for you when it came to Project Montauk. I wanted to cover those details with you and tell you what that was all about and some of the wild connections that I found anyway to past stories. But next time, we're going to get into Top Secret Part 2. And this is something that I've been looking to cover for um, a while, actually. And it's about Area 52. You know about Area 51? We've talked about that a lot. It comes up in conversation. It's, I mean, they had Storm Area 51. It's part of, it's, it's part of pop culture. I mean, Area 51, everybody knows about that now. But how about its lesser-known counterpart, which is Area 52? I cannot wait to go over this with you next time because I'm telling you, when I was putting this all together, that's when I I realized that this was going to be too long, and I, I wasn't be able to going to, I wasn't going to be able to cover everything in detail the way I wanted to if I also brought in Area 52 in this episode because <laughs> that's where things really started to take like a rabbit hole dive for me personally where I was like oh my gosh I can't leave this out I can't leave this out I got to talk about this and before I know it it was uh it was a lot so next time on UAP we will talk about area 52 in part two of top secret these these top secret locations around the United States and what does it mean what's going on there I think you're going to find it fascinating but until then Make sure to check out UAP, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's also on 850WFTL.com. We always put the episodes up there. I always update uh, what's going on with the show on uh, our Twitter, the show's Twitter, at UAPodcast850. Right there, you can check it out. I put up different updates, and also I share the show right there for you, at UAPodcast850. So any feedback, I always appreciate it. Whatever you have on your mind. I always appreciate any feedback that you might have. If you have any, you know, uh, personal stories that have happened to you, then I'm always fascinated to hear those as well. So feel free to reach out if there's something that you want to get off your chest, suggestions, feedback, or again, any of your own personal connections or stories. So you can do that at UA Podcast 850. You can always check out the show wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and be sure to, to subscribe and if I deserve it, then you can leave a good rating on there as well on any of the places that you download the podcast. But until next time, it's Stephen Diener here on the Unidentified Alien Podcast. I will talk to you again for episode 66 when, again, we go over Area 52 for part two of this top secret series. Until then, have a great day. Have a great time listening to the show, and I will talk to you again soon. Thank you.